What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Mind-expanding, heart-opening, talk and music to raise your vibration. Some people consider it the shifting of the ages. Others see it as a whole new paradigm for humanity. But whatever you want to call it, it's hard to deny that we are in a moment of immense change. A moment challenging us to wake up and live life more consciously. This is Eric Rankin. And I'm Michelle Anderson. And you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Where the conversation is always about raising the vibration of love, compassion, happiness, forgiveness, stewardship, health, and peace. Thank you for joining the conversation. This is Deepak Chopra. Hi, I'm Marianne Williamson. Hi, this is Greg Braden. You are listening to Awakening Code. Awakening Code. Awakening Code Radio. And thank you so much for tuning in to Awakening Code Radio. We are happy that you are here. Maybe you're listening on your FM radio in South Orange County near Laguna, where we broadcast from the KXFM real live radio station, beautiful state-of-the-art radio station here in town. Or you might be a live streamer catching us somewhere at some odd hour or day in the world. And most of our listeners are podcast listeners. So you can always remind people if they want to hear a conversation that is uplifting, we're never going to go down. Uh, well, we're not afraid to talk about everything, but we're not going to go down dark and uh, topics that separate us. We're, we have an hour a week and we want to talk about unity and community and working together and working through this because just as... I said 10 years ago in the intro, we are living through challenging times, but there's a lot of hope at the same time that so many things are feeling wonky and weird and stressful. There's a lot of great stuff happening on uh, around us. A lot of people, if you want to call it awakening to something, even if it's what we're awakening to is, man, I thought I could trust every system and maybe I can't. That just means you need to trust your own system, your own self, your mind, your heart. And that's what we're going to talk about all the time. I am Eric Rankin, one half of your broadcast team. Michelle Anderson is the other half here in studio. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Eric. How are you? I'm fantastic. You always are fantastic. <laughs> and um, Colleen, our amazing admin Colleen, who just does everything else on the show. And there's truly way more than I do. I come and talk for an hour. Colleen is constantly monitoring all of our social stuff, creating banners and and editing and producing podcasts and stuff. So thank you, Colleen. And she just celebrated her birthday. On and she Saturday. did. Yes. Which of all things, I know her birthday, the date. And I actually asked her a favor to do during the weekend of her birthday. Oh. And I forgot. Oh, Eric. Is that the bom, ultimate? Bom, bom. We wish you a happy birthday on Tuesday. I know. The ultimate faux pas. I was so into the little project I was thinking of that I, it, Colleen, you're probably listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I love about you, Eric, is you're not afraid to apologize. Well, no, I'm never. I, 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 people think because I sound like such a know-it-all all the time that I don't like being wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. I actually enjoy, if you're wrong about something, it means you're going to learn something new that you didn't know. So I'm fine with that. And um, I would never uh, put off by apologizing, a sincere apology. Love that. Yeah. So tell us about our guest tonight. Well, I am super excited to have a very dear friend on the show tonight because I'm I'm watching her spread her wings right now and really forge her own path, and I'm so proud of her. And uh, we have Jen Berryhill, the former event coordinator for Star Knowledge Conferences. She worked with Chief Golden Light Eagle for many years, and... We've had her in the studio before with Chief Golden Light Eagle. And so she is working on a really incredible festival called Sunfire Fest out in Aztec, New Mexico, which is just south of Durango, Colorado. And she's 
she has been putting her best foot forward to make this festival something spectacular. And it feels like it is. There's a lot of goosebump moments happening. And so I told her I wanted to have her on the show tonight to talk a little bit about Sunfire Fest and, you know, what her inspiration was for it and what, what tricks she has up her sleeve. And she wanted to talk about the rise of the feminine partnership. And I love that title because that's what we're actually seeing happening just organically with the, the women that are coming forward and the men that want to support the women coming forward in an, an empowered state of being where um, just really trying to put our best foot forward to step in a, in a, a role that a lot of men used to hold, right? Sure. A lot of festival producers are, are men. A lot of everybody They're, at the top of any corporate chain or something is going to be right. often men the last few hundred years anyway. And we see so much happening with the balance of the feminine and the masculine. We talk about it a lot, but we're going to call Jen forward and have her talk a little bit more about that. So Jen, are you with us? I am. Hello. <laughs> So great to be joined with you. I'm so grateful that you had tonight available because I know this is ceremony season and you are a sun dancer and I hear you're going to be doing something new and doing a moon dance soon. Is that right? Yep. I am leaving tomorrow actually to go join up with a beautiful circle of women and men that are going to be praying with the moon for four nights gosh that sounds so luscious yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'm excited and i'm definitely you know intrigued to see how this beautiful ceremony culminates and what we're able to do um you know just it's such a potent time right now and to get this opportunity, I know a lot of women are really feeling the call to do this type of work. And so it's just thrilling to me because you know, I've been praying for, you know, my ceremonies. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things that I've been noticing over the last few years is more and more women are really stepping into their medicine and really coming forward with their beautiful gifts to share And um, ceremony is a big piece of that. So we're all kind of remembering what those ceremonies are. And do you do prayer ties when you do a moon ceremony? I know when you go into Sundance, there's a lot of prayer ties being made before the Sundance. And when you when you're supporting people and you're you're doing your Sundancing, it's all about the prayers for the, the coming year. Is that a similar thing happening with the moon dance? Yeah, I believe so. Um, it's a little bit different just in how it works, but it's similar in, in a lot of ways as well. So um, being new, I've never even attended one. <laughs> so quite honestly, I'm, I'm literally just, I said yes, and I'm going to go show up and um, just be in the sincerest place that I can possibly be in my heart so that I can do the work that's needed for the shift that we're all in right now. We are in it. Shift is happening. Shift is happening. <laughs> hey, we can say that on FM radio. Shift, Shift happens. happens. Uh, yeah, and it's happening hardcore. I'm heartened. It's so funny because um, if I think back and through my journey, if you want to call it a, a spiritual awakening journey, I you always assume, I can't say you always, anybody always assumes, I can say a lot of men assume that women have this secret society where they're always supporting each other. They always feel like they understand things on the same wavelength and always get along and everything else. And I have a lot of women friends and say, actually, historically, it can be the opposite of that. It can be very catty and clicky and gossipy. And I'm like, well, one, that was a surprise. And two, if that is the case, I love seeing these festivals and events happening where women are just in support of other women. Absolutely. You know, we're seeing a shift, I think. Um, It's a clunky shift sometimes, but, you know, because we have all of these capacities within us, and we're we're definitely seeing a movement out of the competition and out of the jealousy and stepping into deeper acceptance and compassion with each other. And so it's, you know, 
for me, it's so exciting to see so many women working in partnership. And that was sort of what really inspired me for the <laughs> the topic for tonight is just, you know, how we can come together and, you know, if we're triggered, then let's have a conversation. You know, let's have, let's have a conscious conversation. What's going on? What do you need to say? What do you need to be, what do we need to hear so that we can support you? And, um, it's really magical when we can just allow ourselves to be fully authentic and really own where we're at. It really helps us to be in our power. And it's just, it's so wonderful because that's where the love is, (laughs) in my honest opinion. (laughs) And I'm watching it with you and the way that you've cultivated a circle of people, of women that have surrounded you because of your clear vision of what you, you want to co-create. And I really appreciate that you are doing it in such a co-creative, collaborative way. And there hasn't been any cattiness or backbiting. And when there has been hurdles to overcome, one of the things I really appreciate about you, Jen, is when you are struggling, you're not afraid to say, hey, I'm struggling. Can you help me out right now? And you just call on your sisters and they show up, we show up and say, here's a prayer for you or let, you know, pick up the phone and call. And we, we talk each other off the ledge. Uh, you did that for me a lot while my, my mom was passing and I had all the puppies and I was kind of pulling my hair out and it, it wasn't always smooth sailing. And you were so authentically there for me. I just appreciate you so much for the way that you held space for me while you were going down your own path. And I feel that that's, a really great thing for moving forward in these energies is is embodying that collaborative way of being and seeing what happens when you do it. When somebody does it first, it it gives others permission to continue that thread, to continue being kind, continue being uh, supportive and asking questions on how can we help? How can I support? What's in my wheelhouse? And that's another thing that I think, or or I'm really feeling that the women are doing is recognizing, okay, that's not, technical's not my strong suit, but this is my strong suit. Or going back and forth in that way and not, not trying to do everything themselves. You know, it, it, it is like a recipe with beautiful ingredients that each person is holding. And there's some great men coming forward to hold space for this blossoming at this festival, I, I see that there's a lot of men that are really wanting to hold that mantle for the feminine to use her voice again. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm seeing it more and more reaching out for help, you know, when, when you're kind of going through some stuff <laughs> and, you know, that's just an important thing for all of us, men, women, whoever, that, it's time to to let ourselves be vulnerable. And if we're struggling, we're all in this together. And so it's okay to reach out and say, hey, I am struggling. I could really use some support. And um, I'm really recognizing some of my men in our, in our circle are doing that as well. And it just it ties so closely in with our worthiness and, you know, just really being solid in what we want to create because we have to sometimes be in uncomfortable places as we're facing change. And so it can just bring up so many different things, especially, you know, being triggered about what what we can't control. And so, you know, when we can reach out and have conversations with the people that we know love us, it gets us over the, the bridge so much faster and so much new insight floods in, and greater empowerment comes from that. So I wanted to say that, too. But yes, um, in terms of the festival for Sunfire Festival, it's really fascinating that this whole container really is being held by really amazing women. And Michelle, you're a part of that team. And you do this for me a lot, too. When, I, when I'm when i down, and I, I know I can reach out to you, and you're there for me every single time, even if it's just a quick text back. And that goes miles for me. So, um, yeah, with the festival, we've got amazing support with the, the masculine. And we have an amazing chief 
from the area in the Ute tribe who's going to be facilitating the opening ceremonies for us, as well as bringing his medicine songs and teachings. And that just feels very in line with what, what needs to happen for this to really kick off, because we're, we're creating balance. And with the masculine and feminine coming together and each holding their own torch, you know, it just holds the whole fire together. And so um, I'm just really excited that we've got our singers and our sun dancers coming and, you know, folks that really believe and love ceremony. And we have to have both. We have to have that balance. And so it'll be really amazing to watch all of this unfold. Yeah, when when we were walking in, if anyone was tuning in right before we went on air, Reggae Runnings was in the house, in the studio with uh, DJ Keefe. And he's usually in Miami, so it's not often we come into the station and he's here. And it's a whole different scene, mm-hmm. a whole different vibe. And there's dancing going on. And he had he had someone here live with them named Rasta Rebel. And Rasta Rebel, we had five minutes to switch over. They, they played a couple songs out, and they walked out, and were transitioning. And Rasta Rebel comes out, shakes our hand, and he said, what's, you know, what's your vibe with your show? What do you got going on? What are you playing? And we gave him a quick 30-second elevator pitch about music and conversation to raise the vibration or something like that. I think Eric said, you know, we're your typical woo show or something like <laughs> just, that. Just, just go as woo as you, as you can, and yeah, that's, that's, we'll meet you there. Yeah, we'll meet you in the field of woo. <laughs> and he he was telling us that, you know, he he's a Rasa guy, and I told him about you, and we were having this we were having you on tonight, and there's this festival going on at, in Aztec, New Mexico, at a place called Tico Time Resort. And he said, oh, my gosh, I've been staring at your flyer because they have a reggae festival going on there that I guess he's a part of. So mm. what a small world to be here oh, in Laguna yeah. Beach. And he has been staring at the Sunfire Fest flyer with, with great curiosity about, you know, what is that about? And I think that that flyer holds a certain vibration to it. There's an essence there that is drawing people to this festival because it is not, in my opinion, it's not just a festival. It it feels more like a ceremony disguised as a festival. And I've said that on a few of the different interviews we've been on. And last night we were on Cosmic Conversations with Sheila Seppi on her galactic... Uh, now I can't even think of the name of it. What is it called? Uh, Conscious Awakening like, Network. and, mm-hmm. and Galactic Alliance. Mm-hmm. She has two. It's Galactic Alliance Network on Conscious Awakening Network. And the show title was Cosmic Conversations. And we, in, we invited Larissa Stowe to be on. And we invited Naria. Did I say mm-hmm. that right? Maria. Naria. Yeah. From One Heart Orchestra, which is a reggae band that's playing yep. on the last night. And they were just fantastic at sharing their uplifting, passionate voices for what called them to be at this particular gathering. And they were, it was a great show. I was really happy with how it turned out. And it started out kind of rocky. There was, um, there was a little bit of miscommunication going on and behind the scenes, uh, I think Sheila's website had gone down and email didn't go out. And we were, we started with a, an air of discombobulation, but what we found is that when there was chaos in the air, each one of us was able to maintain our own peaceful presence dur- during it and dialogue around we're human. We're having a human experience and we don't have to collapse in the chaos. We can hold the, the framework and the support for getting through this and showing our humanness, being authentic with, we're having a moment. And Larissa's <laughs> great at that, too, because she, she has these cool little voices she uses. And she's like, oh, my gosh. You know, and it's really <laughs> cute seeing her on camera. She's showing us she's in her bedroom where she's most comfortable. And, you know, we're just just being real and I feel like that's what we're stepping into when we're stepping on this path of sisterhood where we can smile and look in each other's eyes and say, we're doing this together. This is a, this is a joint effort. This is, as you rise, we all rise. As one person rises, we all rise. Now back to more Awakening Code Radio. 
I think I might have started the show yesterday talking about how Chief Golden Light Eagle's daughter, Nikki, took over the Star Knowledge. She's selling the Star Knowledge books, and she's doing some of the Star Knowledge conferences in South Dakota. And there's Terry Rivera is still doing some conferences with Nikki and Star Knowledge. And that there's room for all of us, because each one is sharing the teachings of the Starways. And what, what Chief Golden Light Eagle always, always focused on was that there's room for everyone. No matter where you're at, he had such an inclusive way of sharing with the, with the group, the, all the people that came together to learn these star teachings and these star ways and the Lakota ways and just such a beautiful, a beautiful dance that we're all weaving. So I wanted to put that out there and make sure everybody feels included and that we're all, we're all doing our own signature but that there's room for everybody to to share these teachings. So I love that you're doing that and that you're inviting so many beautiful people to come be with us and, and have a nice vacation with a ceremonial aspect and the fire keepers that are going are gonna to be there. Can you share a little bit about the Ancestral Village and what the flavor of that is and what the the ceremony of the wiping of the tears is about? Yeah, because, uh, yes, we have quite a few offerings that are stepping forward um, to be part of Sunfire Festival. And I wanted to also just say that, you know, when it comes to star knowledge, really, you know, we all hold the keys. We all hold the codes, the symbols that come through the star knowledge teachings that Chief Golden Light Eagle taught for over 26 years. They exist within our DNA. And so in an, in a way, you know, we're all doing the same work only differently. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I continue to hold that torch as well and carry the teachings forward. And I love it when I see other people, you know, really working with the symbols and, and doing their part in, the, in whatever way that is, even if it's just doing it on their own or in group. But, um, you know, he really, really, really encouraged people to continue on with whatever part of it that they felt called to, to be part of or to, to facilitate or teach. And so, um, you know, this is, again, that invitation that if you resonate with this information, then you're, you're probably coming online with something pretty big that we all need to have you share with us. <laughs> so, like Eric uh, Rankin, we wanted him to come share with us, and he said, I'm going to Burning Man. It's the yeah. same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I'll be doing my own ceremony there, quote, with air quotes. Um, this is, but this is a beautiful conversation, and... You know, if we're talking about being on the path of spiritual awakening, I almost think that the number one thing that you would have to say is the biggest umbrella that covers all of it is a spirit of cooperation. And it can be cooperation between, as we're focusing the show tonight, with women supporting and cooperating with each other. But it goes so much deeper than that, that when we when we talk about the old paradigm of survival of the fittest, and we think that means of the most aggressive or, you know, the most dominant and that has certainly been kind of true in the in the patriarchal man's world that corporate America or corporate world has been uh, reigning monarchies and dictatorships, dictatorships and government. It has been sort of the man show for a while. But we, ultimately, we want to understand that survival of the fittest probably means survival of the most cooperative. That And especially under the framework of a, a spiritual quest or a path of awakening, there's plenty of room. There's no such thing as too many people contributing their gift, their piece of the puzzle to the greater picture of where we want to go and what we want to do. And that always, I whenever I see true partnership, and Michelle describes it, um, community Conscious collaboration without competition. Right, and community through unity, both of those feel just at, at a core level the most right. And I I was thinking of the logistics of the last thing I said about, you know, women can be catty, or it was just introduced to me by other women talking about that. But if you think, if you thought there was only a few places, because men have occupied all the top levels of whatever it was, from festivals to TV networks to businesses— 
And then a woman gets in there while she's competing against what she thinks her threat, other women. So it becomes a very narrow band of like, if they're only going to allow two or three women in this whole organization, my, my real battle is the reason I am caddy is because the competition field is not against the men. It's against the other women, but that is not the model that you're talking about um, here in this. It is everybody acknowledging and supporting with the idea that everybody has something to contribute. As Michelle stated, everybody has their gift to bring forth in something like this. And that's, I, I can talk about that forever. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly. You, you, I love that. You speak it so well. And there's yeah, also, I'm, there's also an element of forgiveness to move forward. Right, Jen? Well, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that just fired off this whole, like part of what, why this topic came through is, you know, as women or anybody for that matter, you know, we have a, a relationship, we have a partnership with ourselves. And so as you're speaking about how we've had this really patriarchal system for so long with, you know, predominantly men at the top of corporations and companies and such, and women stepping into roles within the higher realms within a company or corporation, you know, the, the kind of the energy that can kind of run somebody would have to be very masculine, or at least that's sort of what we've been kind of like conditioned to, to feel like we can have a foothold at that level. And so, you know, it's really important that we recognize that, you know, we can still be present and hold that role or have that lead and still be feminine. So it's like this dance that we have to do that we, we call upon those qualities at the time that we need them for the moment. But, you know, we can still operate in our feminine essence and still have the same amount of um, power and, and um, you know, influence and be able to, you know, be in a space that's more in balance within ourselves. So I wanted to say that much, too, just because, you know, partnership, it's, it's so important that we have a really good relationship with ourselves. And, you know, there are times when we have to call upon a really masculine type of energy as a woman to, to be able to get through our day. You know, if we have a really big 3D, you know, job, we have to sometimes stay in that, that sort of energetic vibration or signature to get through those days. I do family law, and, you know, it's, it's very, very logical and very, you know, just takes a lot of brain work. And so that's where I see that, that energy work well within me. But then there comes a time when I need to transition and I'll need to, you know, sort of take a break and go be, receive, you know, like, like be in nature, have a breath, go meditate for a minute. A lot of times, um, you know, I ask spirit, why am I in this role here? What am I doing here? And it's like, well, the message was now you know who you need to pray for. And so I'll just literally stop, drop, and pray when I'm having a day, when I'm seeing something really um, that doesn't sit well with me as I'm doing my job. And so I just, I, I throw that out there because I see a lot of people really, you know, staying balanced and, and doing more to nurture both aspects of who we are because we're both masculine and feminine at the same time. Absolutely. So, oh, yeah. I, I'll i just throw in my two things. I Ultimately, because I get so triggered by the term uh, twin flame relationships, and mm -hmm. um, to me, um, it seems like the twin flame relationship is one within, that there's the male archetype, the female archetype. Men can possess feminine quality or what we would archetypically call feminine uh, qualities, you know, kindness, nurturing, compassion, mothering, if you will. And but on the flip side, of course, women can have what we would call archetypically masculine drive force, you know, decision making, all, all those things. And that's ultimately we're all supposed to be that blend within ourselves that we can draw on those moments, draw on those aspects of ourselves. But it's only because we've done the work and embraced our masculine and feminine qualities within before we project it out on others what it should look like or even what body they happen to be contained in is that we all are supposed to be connected to the yin yang of masculine feminine absolutely absolutely you know and something's coming up around just i think a lot of women and this is me 
um, you know, I've done a lot of work around this on myself, but the need to control things to feel safe. Mm. And so when we can let go of having to know what is happening (laughs) or that we will be provided for, you know, if we can just be in a bigger space of surrender and faith, it's really magical what the universe can really bring to us. And so, you know, part of what Sunfire is, like how it was sort of born, I mean, this has been in the making actually for several years for me, but I didn't even realize at the time that that's what was being orchestrated by Spirit for me to produce. So we did a lot of ceremony with Chief Golden Light Eagle at, at various places, very sick, various sacred sites. And, um, you know, he was very influential in my life because I went on the hill several times. You know, he was my intercessor, and so I went to do what they call humblecha, which is crying for a vision. And we went up to what we call Grandmother Tree, but in this lifetime, in this 3D reality, it's known as Devil's Tower in Wyoming. So we would go up there, and that's where I would do my vision questing. And, you know, I'd, I would sleep on the ground underneath, you know, near the tower, and, you know, by day I would kind of just, you know, walk around and really tune in with the land and the spirits there and the tree itself and going inside and outside and traveling through all the different realms that exist there. And there's, there's, for me, I've, I've experienced that there are four realms. There's, you know, all the directions and there's realms and there's, it's the different reality or a different um, energy in each of those different realms. And so I kind of went on this little ride around the tree with the spirit that was speaking with me. And as I was coming out of the south gate into the, um, I guess that would have been the west gate, I was brought to a place where I I was just told to sit and watch. And the Spirit was telling me, I want you to watch what these girls are doing. And so there were two little girls, and they were kind of like hopping around on the stones that are at the base of the tree. And, you know... It's, it's kind of precarious. You have to be really careful because they're boulders and there's big cracks and crevices. And so you have to really pay attention to how you're stepping. And so she's like, I want you to watch. And so one little girl would be like, here, come this way. And she'd hop on a rock and then another rock. And then the, the, the other girl would kind of just hop on the rock and, and join her on that rock. You know, they were like doing this dance of like showing each other the way. And then the other little girl took a turn and she's like, okay, I'm going to go this way. Come this way with me. And so she'd hop on a rock and the other would follow. And they kind of just do this little dance of taking the lead and following and taking the lead and following and taking the lead. And so Spirit told me that's what partnership is going to look like in the future, Mm. is that we're going to take turns. We're going to do this together, not one person holding the load or towing the line the entire time. Or holding the title. Right. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was simple, but it was really powerful. And that that really stuck with me. And so I see that's what's, you know, really kind of the the energy and and beauty of what we are creating as this amazing team working on Sunfire Festival is that we're we're kind of leaning on each other. We'll take on a lead or we'll actually surrender the lead to somebody else that can run it for a while. And it's really magical to see all the different energies that get put into these different aspects and how they're built and, you know, the things that come on board when we're allowing that space the and synchronicity. surrendering it to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, the synchronicity so of, of the people that, that how you even found the location through our friend Christy Grace, who mm-hmm. she's been here in the studio with us and she's a good friend to us. And I... Eric, I think you met her through your sonic geometry work, didn't I, you? I, I think so. Yeah, I don't she, remember for sure, but yeah, She invited you to a festival that she did, I think. And then I met her at something you put on, Jen, when you did uh, Star Knowledge at Estes Park. That was the first time I met her in person. And she, she embodies what we're talking she about. Does. She really, really does. She yeah. is... She is really good at what she does and putting on a lot of different festivals and working with big names you know she's she's done a lot with the hay house authors mm-hmm. i think in 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 one part of her life and now she's working at tico time with several different festivals very and, calm energy yeah very quiet yeah. i mean forceful <laughs> but very calm and and present yeah you know just a person you just trust them 
right away, even though they're not the person that, hey, I'm I'm the top of the hill and you ask mm-hmm. me and blah, 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 my title is this. You you just get the vibe that she knows what she's talking about. Can I take a derailment just for a second? Sure. I love when you do that. It's, Devil's Tower is, you said it very quickly, that in, in Wyoming, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And most people will remember that from Close Encounters. It's the hill that everybody saw Richard Dreyfus made out of mashed potatoes. And you've been calling it the tree. Is there an actual belief that that was once a giant tree and that is the remainder of the, the stump or the trunk of it? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you, you might call me a crazy conspiracy theorist, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at it. That would be we, we one big-ass <laughs> tree. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and it's a, it's in a lot of traditional, um, you know, a lot of native tribes, and um, they they've always seen it as as a tree. Well, it, it looks like their, a tree it's in their ancient knowledge as being such. You it know? it looks people, like a tree. I mean, you can't d- deny that that it has these vertical carvings that you don't normally see in a formation. It widens out at the base which general, if it was water erosion, it would be flowing around it and kind of causing it to taper more inside than out, as we see in rock formations around rivers and things. But I still, you know, I, my my logical processing mind goes, well, it has to be something different than that. That could not be a 5,000-foot-tall tree, <laughs> no matter what. Well, but do you, do you know about the ancient Montana megaliths and, no. and dolmens? Because those are massive as well. And once you kind of go down the rabbit hole, it it goes pretty far down, pretty deep about mm-hmm. giant things. You know, giants living. Yeah, and while we're just all deviated a little bit, I find it interesting that when we see a beautiful formation, um, and right now I'm thinking of near Mammoth uh, Lakes and us, we have these hexagonal. Uh, outcroppings that are lava flowish pushed up, but it's called Devil's Post Pile. Mm-hmm. That we see something magnificent <laughs> and beautiful, and for some reason, someone's calling it Devil's something or other. Jen has, yeah, Jen has an answer for that. All the time. And let's yeah. hear the uh, the answer of why would we call something beautiful and and mysterious Devil's something? Well, let's just look at it for what it is. If it's a really powerful sacred site that maybe it has its own special unique power maybe there's a portal there well of course we would be told that it's not sacred you know to not even give it any ounce of energy or to to look at it as though it's scary or demonic you know like give it a bad name so that you don't tune in want to go there or Mm -hmm. want to investigate yeah keep people away it's a yeah. very it's a very interesting thing that there's not just one thing around the world uh, like this. A lot of things are called devil something or witches something. In, in Sedona, in, there's a place like that too. In mm-hmm. Idlewild, the backside of one of the hills is Devil's Slide mm-hmm. or something like that. And I'm like, that's a weird thing that some place that in, in it, it makes you think of the majestic grandeur of nature. And you should be thinking, man, this is one of the craziest divine expressions there is. And we, somebody decided to call these places devil something or other. That means you're a critical thinker, Eric. Oh, we know that. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to a fault. <laughs> it's good. I, I, I definitely feel that this is the time to question everything mm-hmm. and to bring those questions forward because there, there has to be an explanation for it. And I think... Jen really did a great job of mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense of actually putting that forward so that we can marinate on it and think about wow I, I never really thought of it that way mm-hmm. yeah so much of what we've been taught we're finding out slowly or you know casually that it's not really what what it is it's right. not <laughs> the truth and it's not so slowly anymore things are accelerating yes. all in many different ways but one of those is the fraying of the structure that we call society. Um, that is accelerating that everything that we grew up and we're talking about a narrow, narrow, narrow slit of time. Like when I was born in 1960, everything that some big company did, you thought they were doing for our benefit. You know, Monsanto was sponsoring rides at Disneyland and Hostess was making Twinkies that must be safe, you know, and, and nutritious for us and sugary cereals that are nutritious for us. We're, we're becoming aware 
from all prongs of the money system. People talk about following the money. Michelle and I had a, a conversation about that tonight. That right now, if your eyes are open to it um, and talking about questioning authority, we should all be asking ourselves what the heck is going on, who's pulling the strings, and for what reason. And you can almost do that in any of our constructs. Um, it doesn't matter. The hottest topics, the hottest top 10 talk topics right now, we're being asked, invited to, if not compelled, to look at these things and go question the authority behind it and what is the agenda behind it. Is it monitoring? Is it control? Is it marketing? Is it what is it? But there's something going on all at the same time. And that's why we're still doing this show 10 years later, because it's more relevant now than it's ever been. Now back to more Awakening Code Radio. Sometimes it's not always easy to talk about just seeing that we we come from differences of opinions, but we can still at the end of the day, look at somebody and say, I think we really do want the same things or we're saying the same things. I know you did that, Eric, in some of your conversations with with people that may have had a different opinion or I just had a conversation like that yesterday with somebody who I know does not view things the same way I do. And I just felt like if we had the conversation and love and compassion and empathy were at the forefront that we could actually heal the divide by addressing it little by little with respect and honor yeah you know, all those things but honor mm-hmm. you know because i do believe you're right that at the end of the day we want the same things we want to get along with our fellow human beings and animals and ecosystem we want to feel like we're a part of the healthy system not that we're the virus in the system we just did a show not too long ago talking about that and it's interesting that even that conversation doesn't see it seems to be being steered into one of division even though we start talking about we desire the same things it's almost like there's like a kernel you know like the way an oyster grows around a little disturbance we plant a grain of sand in it to, that the pearl builds around someone is planting these seeds to where even a conversation where we start off saying, I think we want the same thing. We want to live in harmony with each other and be forgiven and be kind and loving towards another. And somehow that gets twisted into a still an us versus them. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about trans anything, um, sexual agendas, money systems, distribution, spirituality. Somehow there's a force being planted in there. The, stir- the little kernel of disturbance that causes us to to focus on the separate idea rather than the thing that brought us into the conversation in the first place. And I hope we get to that point. And Michelle, I think you might have been talking about a conversation that I had just two days ago mm-hmm. where it was an important conversation, one I didn't think I was going to have about transgender and all these things. I had to keep bringing it back to like, I think you and I are way more similar in what we want to see mm-hmm. than not. But at this moment, we're we're forced to feel like we have to retreat to behind the wall of yeah Yeah. aside, Mm -hmm. and I we don't have to take sides to talk about this issue. And man, if we could do that more often, no matter what it is, and we all want to be accepted, yeah, absolutely. Or if not accepted, I don't always people think accept what I believe, but honored, right? I honor you. You honor me. Neither of us want to kill each other. Neither, neither of us want to be killed. We want to live happy, healthy, healthy, productive lives of service in community. Why can't we just make that the thing that we establish first before we talk about anything else under it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what's helpful, because it's like when, when, the, when the veil is literally ripped off and we're starting to see something that it doesn't add up anymore, you know, like we've been, we're recognizing in a moment that we've been lied to or, you know, we see the agenda and it's just like, hmm, <laughs> okay, I'm stepping out of that reality. But we need to almost have like an acclimation process because, you know, the indoctrination is so strong and the programming is so fierce that we ourselves have a lot of unwinding to do. And and so it's like it's, it's a little bit uncomfortable because, 
you know, it's, it's unknown. And then maybe you feel a little duped. So you might be a little bit pissed. <laughs> so, you know, I think just tuning back into the conversation with time, like I, I like to look at it like it is an acclimation process. So we're, we're warming up to new ideas and then we can sort of, okay, now I'm starting to see your point more and I still feel this way. And I'm, you know, help me understand, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like it takes so much more effort right now to have those conscious conversations. And it takes a lot of courage, too, to kind of step into a fire because we're having to deal with people that are still stuck in, in a program or an idea. Um, does that make sense? I mean, I don't know if it, I'm kind of going off. It total, no, it totally makes sense. And it, it reminds me of we've talked about this movie Dinner with Andre mm. um, and the guy, the philosopher that's having dinner says it's like we built us, ourselves a prison that we are proud of that we built. Oh, my gosh. That is like not even know that you're in this prison system, but we're so smug in it. And listener, if you happen to be on the side, it's like, oh, I don't need to listen to this conspiracy talk about control and monitoring and marketing. Trust me, that's what's going on. If I know three things, the agenda, if we want to call it, and I can't say who it necessarily is being guided by, but it is the very few over the very many, because that's the model that has been around for at least 6,000 years. The elite few, whether it's a kingdom or a fiefdom or a dictatorship or even our government, it's the few making the rules for the many to follow. And often they don't follow those rules themselves, as we're seeing in, you know, in all different branches of government. That, but the agenda, because money rules everything in the old system that we have been a part of, that agenda is monitoring, control, marketing, um, those, those are the big three of if we can monitor you, we can control you, and we can tell you what to buy, and you're going to work for us, and then you're going to pay taxes to the government that's trying to control you ever more. And I don't feel like I have the answer other than at least be aware and decide to what level you're going to participate because we're all participating at some degree. If we're carrying our phone, our digital devices, we're participating to a degree because it's listening to us, through the listening and what we type, it's marketing to us, uh, it's monitoring our, where we are, 24 hours a day. Those are those are not things that are out there in future land. Like if you talked about this 100 years ago, you're like, oh, you're just talking about Jules Verne science fiction. No, we're living it now. And if you can't see what this it really means, that the controls are getting tighter, and it's up to us. And you said pulling the or lift, pulling the veil. Literally, the word apocalypse is lifting the lid off something. In Greek, apocalypse means lifting the lid. I am going to come out and just say we are in the slow roll apocalypse, the process of lifting the lid on what this system is. And when you lift the system of what has been, the invitation is how does it become something else? If you don't want it to be this – how does it become something else? Like Buckminster Fuller said, the system's broken. You don't attack the system. You just create a better system that makes the old system obsolete. That's where humanity is right now. And I just it's a, hope it's we get it. It's a choice point. It's a choice point. The ultimate. And, and I texted you something the other day, Eric, because we were having a dialogue about something. You know, this is a delicate dance we're talking about is awareness versus creating a better future by our focus on doing so, which Gary Christmas texted in, in, a, in a stream. And I said, this is a very, you said that was a very succinct very way concise. of putting it, right? Yeah. Read it, say it again. It's- we are creating a better future by our focus on doing so. And we can talk about what we're seeing and I think that's where the delicate dance is. And that's why I, you know, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to Sunfire Fest or any of the festivals, but I do because for years that's been what has been my personal truth is that if we, if we get a g- large group of people that are aware of things that are going on that we don't like because we don't like what we're seeing in certain areas, how do we do the delicate dance of, being aware of it, which is empowering if you know and see it, 
but not falling prey to being stuck in it. And then we want to gather with people to co-create the world we wish we wish to see, which is usually spurred on by joy, by how do we dance our prayers together, which I think the indigenous have the answers. Our First Nation people knew how to do this, knew how to pray with dancing and singing and drumming and a focused intention that that encompassed the entire group, you know, the tribe, the community. And I think that that's a potential way through is by doing these things where we're being very present to the moment without our heads being buried in the sand. But how do we consciously co-create the world we wish to see? That's the, that's the question of the era. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's almost like, uh, I think Chief even said this, it's like, if, if we didn't create it, then we don't know how to uncreate it. Mm. And we've been sort of plucked, plunked into something that was created that we weren't part of the creation process of. And so it's kind of like, I think that what's, in a way, that can create apathy. And, you know, it's kind of just like, well, I don't know what to do, so I guess we'll just play along. And so, you know, it takes really, like, focused intention and desire and passion and courage and bravery to say enough. I'm done with this. We need to create something else. And even though it may not be uncreating what was made, we can still plant a seed for something better or different. And we we have such a tremendous power when we come together in a group with our, you know, sincerity. Sincerity is the key to coming together and doing something around making a shift. And so thank you, Michelle, because, you know, that is what Sunfire Festival really is part of the vision is let's get together and and shift some of the stuff that we don't want to see or be part of anymore. And a big part of that is our food system. A big part of that is our medicine system. A big part of that is just farming, you know, and agriculture. And, you know, we've just been so plugged into so many of these systems and, and ways. And it's just, it's all, like you said, Eric, I, I'm with you on this one. It's, it's, they're, they're, they've got a motive. <laughs> and it's not for our benefit. In it's a lot it's of short-term profit. It's, it's yeah, we got to make the money. money. We got to make the money now. We'll kick the can a little further down for someone else to clean up after us. But our duty and our motivation is making the money now. Yeah, and so I see, like like you said, Michelle, you know, our our elders, our Native elders, and, you know, they, they, they hold the wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's really important that we give them the voice to share if they want to share. And people are coming out and they want to share. I was just at a, one of the highest ceremonies I've ever been in in my life. And I, I was just blown away with the amount of wisdom that was shared during that ceremony by our elders. And we're, we're, it's a precious, really delicate time because our elders are leaving us, yeah. the ones that hold that ancient knowledge. And so we need to give them a voice because, you know, it, it's so wonderful, too, that they, they have the courage to come out and speak because of all the atrocities that have happened to that culture mm-hmm. throughout time. And, you know, to me, that's more evidence that they really do hold really important information. And and maybe there was an agenda to to squash that and hide it away because it's the true power of nature of how to live with the land and Mother Earth and in in unity with, you know, the community. So I'm sorry, I'm kind of going on another ramble, but. I don't even remember where I was. That's, going. Well, let me <laughs> let me interject a couple of things because two things cool. came to my mind. I don't know be, uh, how we get from where we are right now to the world what that we all want to live in. I I can't tell you that. So there's a science fiction tiny tiny little story that Ray Bradbury wrote, and I'm going to paraphrase it super fast. Called the Toynbee Convector. A guy says he invented a time machine, goes into the future, and shows comes back with pictures and shows a beautiful world where the sky is clear, we're communicating with dolphins, the cities are self-sustaining and living uh, in harmony with nature. And sure enough, in a hundred year, in less than a hundred years, the world is that. 
to where he said the date that he flew over and took these pictures. Now humanity is living in that date, and they're waiting for him to fly by and take a picture of the city that looks exactly like his picture. He never shows up, and he takes one reporter downstairs into his basement, and there's the time machine. And he says, and the reporter says, how come we didn't see you fly by? He goes, because I never did. This machine never worked. <laughs> I made tiny little models, and I described the world as I saw it. And because people believed it so heartily, they actually ended up creating that future. And he, the story doesn't say how they did it. It's just that they arrived there being so convinced that that timeline was going to happen. I'm going to bring one short little thing. I told uh, Michelle that I watched a documentary about um, Arnold Schwarzenegger today. There's a three-part series on Netflix, and I watched the first one. He was 15 years old, had a very rough life, uh, oppressive parents and everything else in uh, Austria. And when he was 15, he decided he was going to be a bodybuilder because he saw a movie of Hercules with a bodybuilder. And he says, I want to do that. But he said, I didn't dream it. I saw it. And I said to myself, if I can see it, I can do it. Your, your, your girlfriend, Jen, just wrote in and said, we, we create it by being it. Yeah. And that's and truly when I, when I heard Arnold Schwarzenegger get all philosophical, he goes, dreams are for sissies. Dreaming is nothing. I saw it. I saw myself on a stage, people yelling my name, winning Mr. Universe contest. And he goes, I said to myself in that moment, if I could see it that clearly, it must be achievable. And, he, and it, it, it worked out exactly as he saw it. He became Mr. Universe. Um, with the guy that was Hercules, he was his partner that he beat, you know, fit 10 years later or something like that. It's just an incredible story. And I've only watched the first episode. But that particular thing about forget about the dream and the hope, say, I see it. And if I can see it, it actually has happened or certainly is potential of happening. So maybe that's just the, the key is rather than thinking, arguing about the list logistics of how it's going to happen, just say, Let's share the vision. We have the vision right now of what we want. Let's carry that vision in the future as if it's already happened. And what does it look like as we go from here to there? How would we live? How do we conduct ourselves? What do we do and not do? And I think the answers would come to us pretty quickly. One of our other listeners, Dawn, who listens regularly live. Hi, Dawn. One of the things she was talking about, about Grandmother Tree, Jen, she was saying that she knows it's a tree because she has a huge collection of miniature petrified wood to show the fractal version. And it was the tree that brought her to where she lives now. She told her that there were versions of her all over the world acting as the grandmother, just holding sacred space. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful wow. vision that we have these, really these beautiful trees all over the world that are holding the sacred space for us to actually live it into being. And that's the vision that we're holding. And that's why we continue doing this show, to give all of our listeners hope to, to be it, to live it, even when it's hard. And when it's hard to you know, reach out to somebody, community. to talk to your community, to talk to me. And a lot of us have been going through rough times, so we are holding space for each other. And I find that when we are in that, that spin of our, our own swirl, when we reach out and hold space for somebody else that's in their swirl, it just makes things a little bit easier. And we know that this too shall pass. As all things do. Yeah. Yeah. We're staying present to the moment. That's waveform. And waveform, you know, is vibration, is energy, is frequency, everything that Tesla talked about. And waveform is very feminine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not sharp angles. It's not straight lines. It's not flat planes. It's not sharp points. It's very fluid. Waveform is feminine in its very essence. It's and curvy and it knows how to pivot. It's everything is, <laughs> Alan Watts says, everything is wiggly. Um, and as soon as we embrace that wiggliness of life, whether it's the way nature creates or our own journeys, it's peaks and valleys, but they're fluid. They're not usually catastrophic. We just ride the waves. Yeah. And, you know, if, when you're at the bottom of a wave, say, nature shows me that I will crest again. Mm-hmm. And things will be different. And that's what we know about life is change is a healthy part of the entire process. It's reliant on it mm-hmm. of waveform. Well, here we are at the uh, end of an hour. Can you believe that? 
I want to say hi to your mom, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Say your mom's name. Let's give her a shout out. My mom's name is Gina. Hi, Gina. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us, Mom. (laughs) I know she's there listening and probably so proud of you, Jen, for all your all your your effort and what you're putting forward and it's a lot to carry and I commend you for doing it with grace. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing to be part of it and give me the opportunity to be here to share about it. I know we didn't get to speak too much about the ancestral village and, you know, all the little things, the wiping of the tears ceremony that's on deck for one of the things that we're going to be doing. And, um, you know, it just, along with the visioning, like you talked about, Eric, you know, it's really important that we voice what we want, not voicing, well, I don't want that. So I think just, you know, throwing that in on one last little bit here, just, um, you know, we, we've got to stay positive. We've got to speak with intention. And really that just um, amplifies the vision even more. And so I, I would really love to encourage, you know, if you have any desire to come be part of this festival, we're going to be doing ceremony. And ceremony is a way that we can allow spirit to really help us move things in the direction that we want to see and feel in our lives. So, um, I don't know, should I give a little plug on where people can find more Absolutely. information? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So you can visit sunfirefest.com, and it, it's got all the details of what we're going to be doing, the lineup, and um, a lot about Tico Time River Resort, which is this amazing venue that we get to be at. On it's the water, beautiful, yeah. To the mountains, yeah, it's just stunning. And the sky watching, the, the stars in the skies, is just, it's just, so wonderful from morning until night. And, you know, we just get an opportunity to be hand-to-hand, heart-to-heart, eye-to-eye, and really just love each other and <laughs> create the change that we want to see. And for you guys tonight, I created a coupon code. So anybody listening tonight, if you want to receive an, an additional discount off your already um, discounted ticket that is available, just enter coupon code AWAKENING. And you'll get a little extra discount from listening for to our show this evening. Or the mm-hmm. podcast, hopefully. Is there a date? Ex- yeah. Is there an expiration date on that? And that goes through July 15th. Okay. That's enough. And the time. dates of the festival are August 25th through the 28th. And in, Michelle mentioned it's near Durango, but it's in Aztec, New Mexico. So it's in the Four Corners area. Just a beautiful, beautiful place that you can make an awesome road trip to get there to come join us. So thanks so much for the opportunity to be here to share a little bit about Sunfire. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for all you're doing. I'm super excited. And I I just love the synchronicity of how a lot of people have found their place in this festival, especially Teresa Stone and the effort that she's put forward. If she's listening, I hope she's listening and she knows how much we appreciate the elders that she's brought in and all of her efforts. There's, there's been so many great people that are just offering to help. So we want to acknowledge them all. And especially this wiping of the tears ceremony, which just in the name, I think people might get a gist of what that is, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's time for us to really deeply listen to the past and, and what, you know, what we can do with our respect and, like Eric said, honoring so that we can move forward and get to that place of forgiveness to be able to get on the other side to the unity and the harmony that we're looking for. And there it is. If we got to that place and we're holding the vision, of the three mm-hmm. of us, and I think anybody listening is probably at least more open to the idea of holding that vision somehow, however it works, it starts within Listener, just all of this, when we talk about festivals or anything on the outside, the first invitation is going within, addressing your true, authentic self, wherever you're at right now, looking in the mirror, saying, I am entirely worthy, I'm entirely in love with myself, I'm balancing my masculine, feminine, and then I'm going to carry that out. I want the best for myself, I want the best for the world. And that's a great place to start every day, no matter what your journey looks like after that. The opportunities commit random acts of kindness or be a part of a movement or whatever, as long as it honors other people through nonviolence, non-killing, non-destruction. I think we're no matter what religion, belief system it is, we're on the right track. We all want to see the right thing. We're all climbing the same mountain. 
So and let's have some fun. Let, and let's have fun. While doing we're doing it. it. That's, it yes. It's, fun. To me, it's all about hey, the fun. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, when two or more gather, miracles can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So imagine the miracle we're going to create. Absolutely. For sure. It's going to be amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, listener, as always, we appreciate you. Tell others about our show. Our podcast you can find on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And um, we'll, we're not sure what's going to happen next week for 4th of July. Uh, we know we're not going to be in the studio. We'll see if we have a show for you or not. There'll be something under the Awakening Code Radio banner for the 4th of July. Um, and until then, we just want to invite all of our friends to do what we're doing our best to do is to be good humans. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Good night. Good night. This is Eric Rankin and Michelle Anderson from Awakening Code Radio right here on KXFM. We'd like to invite you to join a conversation to raise the vibration. Broadcasting live every Tuesday night from 8 to 10 p.m., we cover all aspects of the process of awakening, whether it's emotional or spiritual growth. And have hosted such luminaries as Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, James Redfield, and many others. With a global audience, our show is one of the most listened to programs here at KXFM. And we would love for you to join the conversation. 